You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. You know how this goes. Phone calls and phone calls and answering phone calls. I do apologize for yesterday, as you may have heard me mention a couple times. It was my son's birthday, and then we had the Packer game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I just didn't really have any time where I could have squeezed it in there. So nothing crazy going on, just, you know, couldn't make it work. But we're back. We're back with a vengeance. Why don't we kick this thing off right quick with uh, Dennis? Let's see what Dennis is up to. Ryan, it's Dennis. Dennis. I was wondering uh, how you made out last year on uh, Prediction Strike. Because uh, the way I remember it, we're going to throw 20 bucks in, you know, kind of informally, and then check back in, see how we did. So I've been getting some messages from them lately. I just logged in yesterday, and I made 8 bucks. Hey! 80-something, which is 30%. Uh, increase on my investment of $20. <laughs> so I was thinking, wow, I mean, 30%. My 401k is down like 18% this year. There you go. So this is, and then I, go, I looked into how this thing really works because I didn't really pay attention. Right. Uh, they'll buy this from back from you anytime. It's, it's the house. You know, I mean, I'm not waiting for anybody else. It's like, no, I'm not buying, you know, Leonard Fournette off you or whatever. Right. <clears throat> so I sold everything today. Took my eight dollars, even with their fees, I, I hardly did. You know, lost anything. Yeah. Uh, and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do the same twenty bucks. And if I come out any percentage ahead in the tens, I mean, the next year after that, I might throw in some serious cash. This is uh, this is legit. That's a great and I call. Just thought, I wanted to see how you did, and um, you know, encourage the community here to to try it out. It's pretty neat. Catch yeah. you. So. I'm going to be honest, I forgot about Prediction Strike. I just forgot, and I fortunately Google remembered my login and all that. Um, not doing great. <laughs> I don't remember what they started me off with. Um, I know they gave, I think they gave me like 10 bucks to play with, just house money, something like that. I'm at $4.35, but I've, I've been sitting on a lot of these. Um, so some of these, like I, I got Kylan Hill that's just sitting there, although these are all green. As in, like, they're up, but I don't know since when. Um, wait a minute. This this can't be mine. These aren't mine, are they? Why would I have Jimmy Garoppolo? Oh, that would explain a lot. <laughs> the guy's getting traded, and I've been holding on to Jimmy Garoppolo stock. <laughs> Heck, so I can look back over the last year. How's he been doing? So, yeah, it was... Um, when would I have bought this? Last year... Let's say it was around November at two forty nine, and he's sitting at a buck something, buck sixty five. So, yeah, he he just completely tanked, obviously. So, um, I'm digging this, man. I, I kind of want to get back into it a little bit. A little prediction strike. I got four bucks. See what I can do with four bucks. Can I share these or uh, sell these guys and take some of the cash back? Oh no, the the four thirty five is my balance. What is my uh, portfolio? Let me click on portfolio here. Or is this my portfolio? Because it should be a balance plus all the stuff I've got, I would think, right? Or is the balance what my shares are? Let me add it up. Oh no, I've got uh, I got like ten bucks in uh can I so can I sell that? I want to sell Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, maybe I should hang on to him because he's gonna get a job sometime. I gotta figure out how this works, Dennis. That's that's the first thing. I think they've made some upgrades. It looks a lot better than it did. Oh, there we go. Buy and sell. So I can sell one share for a buck sixty-five. Yeah. So I've got uh, I've got like ten bucks plus my. So I've got like fifteen dollars worth, and I can sell the. Who should I? That's what we got to do. You guys tell me who I should buy. I'm gonna sell some of this. So here's what I've got. Let me tell you what I've got right now. I've got Kylan Hill. He probably should go. It's a buck fifty-eight. 
Um, I've got AJ Dillon. That has, I'm guessing, gone up pretty steadily. So that was a decent buy, I would think. Maybe not so, eh, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it's hard to know because I don't know exactly how this works, but uh, I got MVS, I got Jimmy Garoppolo, Tevin Coleman, Sammy Watkins, and James Robinson. It's funny because I would have bought Sammy Watkins prior to him being a Packer. So that might have been a good investment if he can uh, make some magic happen here. So that's what I've got. Let's see what Packers are out there. I want to see. So the the whole point of this, I'm assuming, you, you, know, you buy low, sell high. So you don't want to just get like really good players. You want to find out who's really cheap. Mercedes Lewis is 60 cents. That's the cheapest Packer you can buy. That's cheaper than Dexter Williams. Why in the world would that be so low? Sammy Watkins at 90 cents. I'm going to hang on to that one for sure. He's below Ishmael Hyman. This doesn't even make any sense. I'm digging it, though. Uh, um, Tyler Davis and uh, our kicker are a buck. I need to look into the rules on this a little bit and see if they can kind of explain. Here you go, how it works. Here's what it says. How do share prices move? Prices move based upon how athletes perform relative to their fantasy football projections. Okay. The more an athlete beats their projection by, the more their share price will increase, and the more they miss by, the more the share price will decrease. Additionally, if enough shares of a player are purchased, that will increase the stock price. Similarly, if enough shares of a player are sold, so it's it's both. It's supply and demand, and will they meet or whatever their... Okay, so what is Mercedes Lewis' projection here? He is projected... 3.94 fantasy points. But again, he's cheaper than Dexter Williams at point. So it's, it's almost like the price is just kind of fake and nobody cares. Because it's just a matter of is it going to go up or down, right? Because that literally doesn't make any sense. Dexter Williams is projected 0.01 fantasy points and it's 80 cents compared to Mercedes' 60 cents. But all right, fair enough. So it's almost like you'd want to buy or sell on a week-to-week basis, I would think. So who in my portfolio is going to exceed... Sammy Watkins, 10 fantasy points. I should just sell that today. <laughs> 10 points. I don't know. We, we, we can revisit this, but that's something to think about. Prediction strike. I wonder, I should reach out to them and see if they want to sponsor us again. I'd love to just like pump up a company, but I don't want to do that for free because that defeats the whole, you know, value of our podcast doing it thing. So forget prediction strike. Don't worry about it. Never heard of them. Don't know what you're talking about. Oh, you know what? I forgot my rule. New callers go first. My bad. I apologize. Hey, Ryan. What's up? It's Bryce from Escanaba, Michigan. Escanaba. Hold Just up. One of Hold that. up. Bryce from Escanaba. Saving that. That is your name now and forever. And hopefully I got it right because even if I get it wrong, that's what it stays now and forever. Um, so anyways, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you've seen uh, the Aaron Donald video and what you thought about it, um, yeah. for me, I think they should spend him the rest of the year that would be great i know he has a temperament as we've seen um, when elton jenkins completely owned him in that playoff match that was great to see um also chris slayton i love the guy i think he deserves a spot over heflin let me know your thoughts thanks so i don't know i mean i the the person to ask uh would probably be Sam Holman as far as the defensive tackle thing. I haven't spent a lot of, maybe that's, maybe that's what I'll do today. <laughs> Sorry, I'm nerding out on office quotes, obscure ones. When the printers are starting on fire and Gabe's like, you know, I, maybe I'll see if they've heard anything at headquarters. Like, yeah, that's what I'll do today. I, my default is, is Heflin, but not based on, you know, I've studied any of this. Um, I know I've heard a lot of rumblings about some of the other guys. There was a ton of Ford hype. That sort of died down. I think Slayton's starting to pick up a little bit more steam. Um, I don't have enough to go on. Uh, my thing is, Heflin's a guy that's been there and has done it before. I think he's done a relatively good job. I think most of the defensive tackles have been mostly bad, to be honest. But um, week one was was much better. The last two weeks have been pretty rough. But you know, especially this past game, and you called Thursday at four thirty-two p.m., so you you didn't get to see this third game. Um, I went over some of the stats, and I'll go over it tomorrow. He was quite bad in a lot of respects. I mean, he he was, as a pass rusher, terrible. But a trash can full of dirt is very accurate, man. He's hard to move. He makes some plays, you know, jogging the ball loose and everything else. Um, I, I've I've held a consistent stance this whole time that I think it's Heflin. And, and here's the thing, and we'll see how this all shakes out, but um, I think if you really want to sound smart with this stuff, stay away from the hot takes. 
I think the Packers and, and most NFL teams probably are not going to do like the flashy new thing, which is what fans mostly want. All right. Most of my takes, if you, if you look at it for, for the, um, the roster, it's pretty vanilla. You know, everybody's all about, oh, Samore is the new hot flashy thing. He's definitely going to make it. And I'm like, nope, practice squad. Again, I don't know, but I'm just telling you, this is where I sit. And I think I'm going to have more hits than misses just by holding this general position. Patrick Taylor or Tyler Goodson? I'm saying Patrick Taylor. Why? He has experience. He's been there. He's done it. He understands the offense, and he's, he's more of a special teamer. The fans want the flashy, cool Tyler Goodson. Ooh, yeah, yeah, flashy. Yeah. It's only, and it's only because you know, there was a time when Patrick Taylor was the new flashy thing, and Kylan Hill was the new flashy thing, and then you get to see him a little bit more, especially in the regular season. You realize they're not actually that good. You see Kylan Hill as a returner. You realize he's not very good, and it all wears off, and then the new flashy thing comes in. It's like, ooh, it's amazing. It's great. And the point is, I don't think the teams do that all that much. And it's the same with defensive tackle. Jonathan Ford is all, ooh, yeah, it's a new flashy cool thing. And Chris Slayton, oh, man, he made that one play that one time he got behind the line of scrimmage and, like, frog, frog splashed a guy and got him behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know what reason you have or what you've seen or whatever. I'm just, these are things that I've seen on social media and whatnot. <clears throat> and I think the, the safest bet is to just take the boring answer and say, it's Jack Heflin. He's been there. He understands the defense. He's not new. He's not flashy. But it doesn't matter. Whatever the exciting, hip trend is among the fans, probably not going to be a thing. And unfortunately, that's probably true of Zach Tom as well. Obviously, he's going to make the 53, but as far as him like starting offensive line or whatever, I would like that because I'm all in on that hype. But more than likely, it's probably not going to be Zach Tom because it's preseason. He still has a lot to learn. They trust Royce. They like their guys, you know, you know, Yash and Royce and hopefully Elton. If not Elton, then Zach Tom will play. But I mean, at full strength, probably a backup. I just think that's the safe money. And again, I'll, I'll miss on one of these, one or two. But, but generally, I think those are the safe bets. And, and Heflin's the safe bet. Same with like Mason Crosby and uh, Ramiz Ahmed. I don't think anybody's necessarily pushing Mason out, but I think Ahmed's been really solid. Probably more accurate than Mason's been last time we saw him. But guess what? Mason comes back, he's going to take the job back. So, um, that's just kind of my sense of how things generally work. And so that's where I generally line up on these issues. As for the Aaron Donald thing, I don't know why there wouldn't be a suspension. Miles Garrett, I mean, it, it says, I'm just reading this because I didn't remember. Miles Garrett has been suspended indefinitely for his violent helmets, helmet swing hit on Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph. Garrett will be suspended at a minimum for the remainder of the season and postseason. In other words, you're out for the rest of the season. We'll revisit this and see if we're going to let you back next year. There is no, I mean, I know the NFL is trash when it comes to punishments. It's, it's an absolute embarrassment. Everybody acknowledges it. It's horrific how bad they are at this stuff. I, I, I don't even know, need to go through the litany because I'm sure you're well aware of it. If you smoke pot or gamble, you're in serious trouble. If you commit horrific, heinous crimes, for which you should be in prison for a long time? Eh, handful of games and a fine. But here's the thing. There's no justification for not treating this the exact same way they did with Miles Garrett. It's the same thing. And if you're not going to do it, what you're making very clear, which again, won't surprise a single human being, but just to be clear what we're saying here, the only difference, in my opinion, that I can see is that one was on national television and one was mostly hidden. It's kind of out now, but it's, it's just for the NFL Twitter audience mostly that's seen it, you know, Facebook, whatever. It wasn't nationally televised in front of children and everything else. In other words, you care about optics. You didn't have any problem with what Miles Garrett did. You just didn't like how Miles Garrett made you look to your advertisers. There's no advertisers on that little hidden camera footage on practice, is there? I think that's pathetic. I think he's been a public menace. He's demonstrated that with his chokeholds. He's, I mean, he's borderline in Dominican Sioux right now. And now he's, now he's massively crossed the line. I mean, you go from choking guys and stuff, which is out of control, to, I mean, he had two helmets. It wasn't just that he hit one guy. He had a helmet in each hand. And by the way, as strong as these guys are, especially Aaron Donald, he literally could kill somebody with a helmet. I understand the other guy's got a helmet on too, so he's probably okay. But what if somebody didn't? If he full force hits somebody in the head with a helmet that didn't have a helmet on, he absolutely could kill that person. This isn't a joke. 
and and it, it's it's you know it's out of control. I mean, you know, fights and stuff happen. It's it's tempers flare, but that guy has a problem. He has very serious anger problems, and he obviously is to a point in his career. I mean, he was contemplating retirement. He just doesn't care anymore. Maybe it's time to send him to an early retirement. I know you said you wanted to come back. You're suspended for the remainder of the season and postseason. That's what they did to Miles Garrett. Why wouldn't they do it to Aaron Donald? It's because Miles Garrett's black. Is that what it is? <laughs> Come on, that's funny. At least we can be glad that we don't have to hear that. So now we can just focus on what it actually is, which is incompetence by the NFL. I mean, I'm just looking at this article here. Adam Schefter, Miles Garrett doing the unthinkable and unimaginable. What did, it, what did Aaron Donald do? Let me, let me look at Adam Schefter and see what he said about Aaron Donald here. I don't see a single thing. I typed in Donald, his last tweet with a Donald, and it was August 17th, Chargers head coach, blah, 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 talking about Donald Parham. Before that was June 8th, Rams agreed to, uh, this week to pay Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald to combine $205 million in new deals. He's never even mentioned it. So it was unthinkable and unimaginable to hit somebody with a helmet. Aaron, Aaron Donald did it, nobody cares? Where's Schefter? I don't understand. He hasn't seen it? Of course he's seen it. Or is he just another mouthpiece for the NFL? Because the NFL was outraged by what Miles Garrett did in front of the advertisers. The NFL doesn't seem to want to talk about Aaron Donald, and suddenly, a mat, uh, cr- in an insane twist, Adam Schefter doesn't want to talk about it either. That's weird. What about Adam Schefter? Let's see. Uh, June 7th, breaking down the historic Monday for Rams defensive tackle Aaron Donald. It was the last time he talked about Aaron Donald. He doesn't want to talk about it either? That's weird. Why doesn't Ian Rappaport want to talk about it? You want to know my theory? They're waiting for the NFL to lead the charge because they're basically NFL employees. The NFL is going to decide how to handle this, and once the NFL decides, it'll tell Schefter and, and Rappaport how they're allowed to report on this. As of right now, the NFL is keeping their mouth shut about it, and so they're expected to keep their mouth shut as well. Let me go through some of the bigger... I'm just Googling big... Um, NFL accounts. Pete Prisco over at CBS has said nothing about it. Let's see. Adam Rank hasn't said anything about it. Andrew Siciliano said nothing about it. There we go. Tom Pelissero is the first person I've seen say anything about it. He said, clubs, not the NFL, are responsible for overseeing conduct of players at practice, including joint practice, so fair to say league discipline for Aaron Donald or anyone else in today's brouhaha is unlikely. Wow. Thanks, Tom. So the only person that I see that's mentioned anything about the incident just came out to say, just so you know, this isn't an NFL thing. The Rams are responsible for disciplining their own. And, and that was brought out by around the NFL, which is a product of the NFL. So the only thing the NFL has to say is this has nothing to do with us, which again has everything to do with what I'm talking about. They don't want to deal with this. And so they're, they're, they're abstaining. They're choosing not to do anything about this. You, you're telling me that they can't, if they chose to, discipline him for that? I'm sorry. Isn't that called battery? <laughs> Isn't that a crime, what he did? And by the way, although I heard that helmet crack against a, another helmet, somebody out there, what, he had two helmets in his hand. So some, there were a couple guys with no helmets. By the way, there was coaches getting in the middle of that, trying to break that up. So there were plenty of people that could have been hit with that helmet. And, and yeah, I, I just, I mean, I know it's new. So it's entirely possible that this, and, and here's the thing, people are going to want to throw this back in my face if the NFL does decide to dis- discipline them. The first thing that they did was come out and say, this has nothing to do with us. The Rams are responsible for disciplining their own person. If in fact the NFL changes course, it's because they're pressured into it. That's it. They've already made a decision what they're not going to do. So th- we'll, we'll see if they get enough pressure and enough heat Clearly, they're trying to make this go away. Nobody's talking about it. Again, Tom Pelissero is the only one that I saw say anything and the only thing he said. In fact, maybe part of the reason I can't find it is because nobody's referencing Aaron Donald. They, they maybe talked about a fight, but I typed in Donald specifically. It's, it's just, it's so stupid. I'm so tired of the just nonsense. I wish people would just say what they mean. You know, it just feels like everything's just a big lie. You <laughs> know, it's so exhausting. Oh, we're outraged by what Miles Garrett did. Translation, I really couldn't give a crap what he did, but we probably need to do something about it because you can't do that on national television in front of all the people and the moms who are trying to convince their kids that they should play football because it's not dangerous and we let all these campaigns and we can't have... eh, uh, 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 They don't care. 
nobody just says what's real, and it's just so stupid. And probably just because everybody would get in trouble for it, you know? Everybody's just a big, giant dirtbag, and all the other dirtbags are going to yell at you for being a dirtbag, so I can't tell people that I'm a dirtbag, so I have to lie, and we all just lie to each other about everything. Let's all just lie about what we're actually thinking and actually feeling, because you know, if we can put a positive spin on it, it makes it sound better, rather than, I don't know, I just want it because I'm a dirtbag, or I don't like that because I'm a dirtbag, or that's going to hurt my pocketbook, so we got to do something about that. I don't actually care about the guy's skull getting caved in. I don't know. I guess that's the way it goes. But um, yeah, bottom line, there's no excuse for there being no discipline. And if their official stance is just going to be, well, that's not our problem. That's up to the the teams to discipline. Yeah, I'm sure the Rams are going to come out and say, you know what? You're right. Suspended for the season. They're not going to make him sit one game. No chance. If they don't have to, are you kidding me? They're probably scared to find him because Aaron Donald will be like, forget you, I'm leaving. That or he'll walk over and crack you in the head with a helmet. The guy's a little bit of a hothead if you haven't noticed. So um, those are my thoughts. Thanks, Bryce from Escanaba. Escanaba, not Nama. Could be. Could change it. Do whatever we want. All right. That took uh, took a long time. What's going on, Garrett? Hey, Ryan. Sorry I've been absent lately. I've been working 12-hour days, delivering mail lately, and uh, started working nights again with uh, the Sheriff's Department. Uh, been a deputy uh, with them uh, since 2016 and it's just this time of year where I start picking up hours again and so just wanted to ask you a couple of questions uh, regarding what maybe is like a back to the future type question there you go um, say four years from now we've got Quay Walker Devontae Wyatt we have two receivers that maybe possibly could be considered number ones Watson and Dubs yep. and how do we sign all these guys? I know that's a question for much later on, but it's like one of those things where I just start thinking ahead. It's like, man, if these guys all hit, I mean, how are we going to keep them all? It's like, I want them all to be great. So there's that question. And then, Well, we would sign them the same way we sign Jair and Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari and Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. And we're planning on signing Devontae, but, you know, didn't. These guys, a lot of these guys will be gone, including Aaron Rodgers in, in four years. Bakhtiari's probably gone within four years. And and obviously, you know that all four of these guys are not going to hit. There's going to be other guys that probably will hit. And there's other guys that we haven't signed yet, like Elton Jenkins and Rashawn Gary. I mean, this is just the way it goes. It's a constant revolving door. Um, best case scenario, we can't afford to sign everybody. And we have to get either ridiculously creative with our contracts or just look at certain guys and be like, I'm sorry, we can't make it work. Whereas in other situations, you know, older guys, like Kenny's looking for that third contract or something, and we're looking at it saying, we'd love to do it, but we just can't because we're so absolutely stacked, which I don't think is a problem that's ever actually happened before, at least for the Packers. Maybe somebody's been that good before where they physically cannot pay everybody. And I think that happens a lot of times with like Super Bowl caliber teams. I know with like Seattle, their Legion of Boom kind of got broken up because it's just, there's so much talent everywhere eventually it got to the point where those contracts came up and they had to kind of pick and choose. So, But I, I, I certainly wouldn't worry four years out about the prospect of especially just this draft class and just those four guys. I mean, who knows who it could be? There's, there's probably going to be other guys. Um, there could be guys from last year's class that break out. You know, what about Stokes? How much is that guy going to cost us? What about the next great quarterback? Those guys want to get signed in their second year these days. Hey, I've proved myself long enough. I want that half a billion dollar contract today. Thank you very much. So I, I just, you know, I, I, that's so far out, obviously that it's not, it's not really worth even contemplating that much, I guess, other than to say, again, I would really be stunned if all four of those guys end up being massive. Um, so good that, you know, we can't afford them. I'm also offended. You left Zach Tom off that list. Just, just want to throw that out there, but anyways, continue. And the other question is, um, if you could rate, the NFC North offensive lines okay. how well they are performing this year, maybe kind of combine last year's performance along with their, their best starting running back. Rate the four teams who you think is best to worst. Um, so say like offensive line and our running backs are number one because of this. And I was just curious how this the NFC North's uh, running attack is going to kind of line up this year. So, have a good one, Ryan. Yeah, so, I mean, if you're just looking at offensive line to start this off, I, I think it's 
I mean, it, it is kind of tough because I, I do think the Bears maybe took a step. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about them. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a big thing when they got, was it Sheffield or Schofield or whatever, and then Riley Reef. But now it seems like they're not even starting, which is a terrible sign. But maybe it's because the other guys are really good. And Tevin moved inside. I don't know if that means he's if he's going to be good inside or bad. I don't know. But I'm, I'm assuming they have the worst offensive line. Then I think it's the Vikings, but but again, I don't think they're necessarily as bad as everyone makes them out to be. They, they've got some issues, especially at center, but it's not horrific. Um, after that, I don't know. I, I'd love to just launch the Packers up to number one, but especially like week one, if we don't have Bakhtiari and Jenkins, and I'm assuming we have at least one of them, probably Jenkins, but let's just say we've got Zach Tom and Yash, maybe, it could be Royce, I don't know. That... I don't know that that's great. Royce, I don't know how great he is. Josh Myers was decent, but I, you know, eh. And then John Runyon is a good, just real solid pass blocker, not a great run. So it's not the greatest offensive line. However, that's that's the negative side. On the positive side, if you're looking at David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, a optimistic outlook on Josh Myers, Elton Jenkins, and then however else that works out on the the rest of the line, whether that's Royce or whatever, that's easily, I would say, the best offensive line so it's kind of a toss-up depending on what you think of the Packers offensive line between them and the Lions then it would be the the Vikings then it would be the Bears if you look at the running backs I think the Packers have the clear top spot I know Bears fans would argue their guy is is way underrated and Vikings fans think Dalvin Cook is still the most elite player in the history of the world which I'm pretty convinced Dalvin falls into that category of players who are overrated because of their fantasy value. I think I keep forgetting about that, but fantasy football is such a major thing among football fans. And I think there's so many people that believe that because somebody's a great fantasy football guy, they're a great football player. That's the biggest thing with like Cam Newton. Cam Newton is a terrible quarterback aside from one year. He was a great fantasy football quarterback because of all the running and he had a billion rushing touchdowns. We so got a ton of points. But as a thrower of the football, as a commander of an offense, he kind of sucked always. And so there was just this big giant gap of people who just, you know, they thought he was maybe one of the best, you know, at least a top five quarterback in the NFL, if not one of the best, because of fantasy football value. And it's just, it was a massive gap in understanding. It's the same thing with Dalvin Cook. And largely it's because of volume. He gets an insane amount of volume, which means he gets an insane amount of carries, which means he gets an insane amount of yards and a good amount of, a healthy amount of touchdowns. So he gets a lot of points and everyone assumes he's super great. Well, no, it's based on volume. I care about per touch. So the Packers, not only do they have maybe the best running back in football, they might have the two, you know, in other words, our one and two might be better than anybody else in the league. Either way, though, the, the duo is by far the best. So in my opinion, offensive line running back combos, the Packers would be number one. After that, I would lean the Vikings. I don't hate their offensive line, and Dalvin is still talented, and they run the ball well, although it's a new scheme now. They're more focused on passing. They got Dalvin in the slot and all this crazy stuff, so maybe that falls off, but just based on what I know, their offensive line and their running backs would probably be number two. After that is such a crapshoot because I I do think Montgomery is overrated, first of all. I like Montgomery, but I think he's overrated by Bears fans and probably even non-Bears fans. But also their offensive line is so putrid. But on the other side, the Lions might have the best offensive line, but they don't have running backs. Swift is so unbelievably horrible. All he does is make people miss after the catch. <laughs> That's it. He's a receiving back who catches passes at the line of scrimmage and makes a bunch of guys miss. And so he's a highlight real guy that Lions fans think is like this super shifty, amazing guy or whatever. And it's really nothing special. He's not even a good receiver because he doesn't catch passes down the field. He doesn't have to win down the field. He doesn't create separation and win. He doesn't do that. He catches passes behind the line of scrimmage and he makes guys miss and gets like eight yards, 15 yards after the catch, you know, because it's so far behind the line of scrimmage. And Jamal, I love Jamal, but I mean, he's a close your eyes and run forward and smash into a guy for three yards type of guy. That's, that's largely what Jamal is. So, I mean, if I had to pick a rushing attack, I would Ugh. I would probably have to lean the Lions just because you, there's nothing to work with with that offensive line in Chicago. You can be, I mean, you could be the greatest running back in the world. I mean, maybe a guy like Barry Sanders because he doesn't even need an offensive line. He's one of the few guys in the world that didn't need an offensive line. But for the 99.999999% of running backs, especially in today's NFL, which just seems to be much more, you don't have a lot of, of Barry Sanders anymore. Just doing it all by himself. It all works within a scheme and within a system, and everything is so 
dialed in. And, you know, it's probably always been that way to say, I mean, that's how the Packers did it with the sweep and everything. But I'm just saying, you don't, you don't have that guy really. Maybe like a Christian McCaffrey or prior to that would have been uh, like Alvin Kamara or something, or uh, excuse me, Le'Veon Bell. But it's just, there's nothing to work with. There's nowhere to go. So give me Jamal Williams in a massive gaping hole because of the Detroit Lions offensive line over a talented Montgomery that doesn't have anywhere to run. So I would go Packers, Vikings, Lions, Bears. But it's more like Packers, decent drop, but not too much of a drop. Pretty close would be the Vikings. Then a massive drop down to the Lions, and then another smallish drop down to the Bears because I don't really like either of those two. Uh, We just had another new caller. Um, Google isn't picking up on any of this, so I'm a little nervous, but let's see how it goes. New caller, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. Alex Couch here. First time, long time. Alex Couch. All right, hold up. Tim's younger brother. All right, go ahead. Uh, Hey, just had a thought uh, after Love's uh, performance last night, and you said something on the podcast this morning that kind of gets me thinking about the future with Love. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about the fifth-year option there. I have no idea, but would they be able to just do a contract extension in order to not have to pay them whatever, what is it, like 20 mil or something that you'd do on the fifth-year tag? So, um, yeah, if they could come to, like, an agreement for a couple of years, would you be interested in that? Or I guess just what's your thoughts on that? So, yeah, thanks. Keep up the good work. Thanks. Yeah, no, I think um, I think it all just comes down to his market value. If he's not worth $20 million, then the Packers can pay him less than $20 million. Because let's just say Jordan Love's worth, and, and you got to understand, if there's one team willing to pay him $20, he'll get $20. He'll, he, can, he can pack up and leave, unless he decides he wants to stay with the Packers. But let's just say the Packers are like, no, we want to give you like 15 That's a little, I mean, that's on the high end, but it's kind of a high-end backup slash we kind of want to see if you can be the guy. It's just hypothetical, whatever. If he's not getting 15 anywhere else, or let's just say 15 is the absolute max, he has no choice. All the Packers have to do is say, we're not going to give you a fifth-year option. We will pay you this, and that's it. And he can test the market. And if there isn't a market, then yeah, we pay him that. But that's really going to be the question. What is his value? And is it above or at the level of a fifth-year option? Does the NFL at large, or at a minimum, I guess, view him at that level. I'm curious what the, uh, let me check the numbers on that. So it looks like Kyler Murray's fifth year option was $29.7 million, but that had to do with his draft position as well as his quarterback position because he was 29.7. Daniel Jones was 22.4. And I'm looking at over the cap, it looks like there's other, um, there are different tiers for how much it's going to cost. So there's there's the basic tier, which is what he would fall into. Then there's a playtime tier. Then there's if you go to a Pro Bowl, and then there's if you go to multiple Pro Bowls. So, for example, Nick Bosa for 2019, if he hadn't played at all, it would be $11.5 million. Based on just playing, it would be 12.4 because he played a bunch, obviously. If he goes to the Pro Bowl, that jumps up to $16 million. Multiple Pro Bowls, which he had, jumped up to $17.9 million. Now, this is a projection, but still, that is a mass. That's almost double. I don't know, it's such an unusual situation, it's hard to find precedent for anything even remotely close to it, you know? But his fifth-year option seems like it's going to be significantly less, unless he plays a ton, I guess, this year. But we'll go with that number, $20 million. It all just comes down to, is that what he's worth? And if it is what he's worth, the question is, are the Packers going to hang on to him for that? I'm assuming the competition is going to be a team that wants him to come start right away, but... I mean, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo's floating around out there and nobody seems to want to sign the guy, but they're going to go pick up Jordan Love. The point is, I, I think the Packers will be able to offer him significantly less than what the fifth-year option is, and I think there's a good chance he accepts it because nobody's going to pay him even the the fifth-year option that is due to him. I suppose one crazy strategy would be a team that wanted to pay him that amount and then go out and get another cheap veteran like a Jimmy Garoppolo or something, so that they've got their guy in Jimmy, then they've got Jordan, so they've got two guys that kind of combine into the salary of one, and then we make a decision what we want to do next year. I don't know, but I, I think it's possible. Let's put it that way. Um, why don't we take a break here? Because we're already 35 minutes in, and we'll see how many of these calls we can get through. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. 
We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Pack Daddy, hey. Packer Super Fan. There he is. Uh, just listened to your your uh, 53. Uh, just got to the pod late today, but uh, was just thinking in regards to the outside linebacker room. Yep. So, I'm, you know, obviously Rashawn Gary and Preston Steph, we know we're good there, right? Yep. I mean, everybody feels really good about those two guys. Yep. But it's like me right now that it's just like. Losing you. All right. We got to stop. Let's see. uh, I think I can kind of piece this together by reading it, but I'm sure nobody wants to listen to that. The point is behind our, I'm assuming, Mike, if I'm getting it wrong, I apologize. But by reading this, trying to piece it together, sounds like what you're saying is the depth is not there. We got Preston. We got Rashawn. Maybe J.J. turns into something, J.J. and Igbare. And then it says, just wondering if maybe we need to take a look around the league and make a push for a veteran somewhere, get some help into that room just in case there is just, well, I don't know. And then it kind of tails off into something weird, something about the back door. I don't, I don't know. But the, the complication is we've looked at it before. I don't really see anyone. I, I think it could get interesting when teams start to make cuts. Um that would be something that's a little bit more interesting to look at. And it's not going to be exciting for any of us fans. But here, let me put it this way. And, and this would be actually fun for me to kind of look into a little bit. We know about Samore Ture, right? And I, if you listen to tomorrow's podcast, I kind of go in depth about looking at all the other teams and how they all have their own Samore Ture, right? We're freaking out because we assume we've got the only one special seventh round or late round pick or undrafted free agent type guy. That's killing it, and we're very wrong about that. A lot of guys are. But it's not just wide receiver. There are probably teams out there who have, you know, like us, a lot of edge rushers that they're certainly not going to get rid of. I mean, the, the, the Bears are, are an example of that. I don't know if anybody's killing it right now, but I know they got a bunch of guys that they're not going anywhere. Right? I mean, Gibson, Robert Quinn, Al-Qadin Muhammad, Mario Edwards, Sam Kamara, and they drafted Dominique Robertson, there's there's no chance any of those guys are leaving, I don't think. So Charles Snowden is out of commission? Just done? I mean, I could be wrong about some of these guys, but I, again, Sam Kamara would be the only one, I would think, and I doubt they're going to get rid of him either. Now, Charles Snowden isn't doing anything, but just, just as an example, let's say he was. Let's say very limited sample size, but the guy's crushing it out there. There are probably going to be teams like that where you look at it and say he's really impressive, We'd like to keep develop, developing him, but there's just really nothing we can do 
to kind of force them onto this list. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do that right now. This will probably be a more fun thing for tomorrow, but I appreciate the call because it's a very intriguing question. Let me uh get rid of this. Look at edge rushers in the preseason that are uh kind of killing it. Here's an example for you. Um kind of interestingly, looking at all the edge rushers. Of the uh, top five edge rushers in all of the preseason, so we're talking many, 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 many hundreds of of guys here, more than 200 players probably. Of the top five, three of them are Cardinals. The top two are Cardinals, Devin Kennard and Dennis Gardeck. Don't know who they are, whatever. Um, But then also number five, Jesse Lemonier also is on this list. He was released. Now, I don't know anything about the guy. But this would be a situation of a guy that was never going to make it. He's on a completely crowded roster with, uh, I mean, aside from J.J. Watt, we're looking at outside linebackers primarily. Dennis Gardeck, who I just listed as number two pass rusher right now, is is a, a number one pass rusher along with Marcus Golden. They have Devin Kennard. They have uh, Victor Dimukeje. They drafted MyJ Sanders. They drafted um, Cameron Thomas, two third-round picks. And then they have a seventh-round pick in Jesse Lakita. So you've got four guys that you like and three draft picks. And by the way, MyJ Sanders is 17th. Victor Demokeje is 18th. Five in the top 20. Technically, five in the top 18 are Arizona Cardinals. So this is a situation where they have too many guys that they can't keep that are all doing really good. And so right off the top, Victor Demuke, uh, or excuse me, Jesse Lemonier, something to think about. Probably just a complete fluke. 6'3", 240, he's very small. He is a really subpar run defender. Tackling has always been an issue for him. 2021, he was with the Chargers. 2022, uh, this preseason with Arizona. But 94 pass rush grade. I mean, you know, if you wanted to bring somebody in, just try him out a little bit. You know, I'm just saying. But the point is, I think that's kind of interesting right now. Looking at the 35-year-olds that used to be good five years ago or eight years ago, eh, you know, it's just not as interesting to me because we know that they're not good anymore. But people want it because of the name recognition, whereas a guy like Jesse Lemonier, again, probably not going to be a good football player. Nobody knows his name. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to take a 240-pound undrafted free agent from 2020 out of Liberty. Or how about this? And, and granted, they have a different scheme. They, they got a 4-3 front, so he's a down defensive end. But still, Khalid Kareem, 2020 fifth-round pick. So he's been around for a while. They drafted Zach Carter. They drafted Jeff Gunter. They brought in uh, Tariquius Tisdale. Khalid Kareem, again, it's, his, it's year three. He's a, according to this, a third-string guy. He is tied for the sixth-highest win rate with Aiden Hutchinson right now. So, again, just stuff like that. I don't want to spend too much time because this isn't when I usually do this, but this does sound like a lot of fun, and I need to do more of this over the next week or so. But those are the kinds of things that are interesting. Find the teams that are having to make some really tough cuts, guys that are looking impressive, but we just don't have a spot. Let's snag them. Let's find other teams pass-rushing Samori Ture that they're trying to sneak onto the practice squad and go grab those guys. What's even crazier is if you look at pass-rush grade as opposed to win rate, um, of the top, <laughs> my goodness, almost half of the top 10 are Arizona Cardinals. My Jay Sanders is 11th. Devin Kennard is 7th. Victor Demikaye is 4th. Dennis Gardeck is 2nd. Jesse Lemonier is number one. The guy that they cut, number one highest pass rush grade. So another, another good question, because that was, uh, that's interesting to look at and we should continue to do so. I wonder where else would be an interesting we know pass rush for sure. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Anyways, sorry. This is your show. We'll continue on with your questions. Thanks for the call, Mike. Try to uh, not be in the middle of the Amazon rainforest next time. Omar, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? This is Omar, the firefighter. Hey. Uh, just calling to uh, talk about the team. Um, really quickly, I believe the most interesting spot is receiver. Um, I know... Even you feel like, oh, Samari Toure, he's, you know, everybody not going to love him. He's been making plays. You know, he had a little drop issues, but, as you know, I know Rodgers likes Winfrey, but to me, like, Winfrey doesn't really be, like, you know, making the most of his opportunities. Um, I think Love threw him one, and he had one kind of almost touched his hands. 
And that was it. And another one bounced off his hands and he caught it. But I mean, Toure is doing his thing. And another aspect I'm not sure if a lot of people look at is if you keep Toure over Winfrey, you receive the money for his contract. We had a seven round pick contract, you know, four year deal. They saving a lot of money compared to like even if they try to bring him back, because it's not going to be for that same, you know, amount. So I'm hoping that they keep Toure over Winfrey, because I can guarantee you could put Winfrey on the practice squad. Ain't nobody going to claim him, so because he's not really standing out. Um, as far as that, love same thing, pretty good, pretty bad. Um, I don't think he was terrible, but. At the same time, if you're forcing it to the tight end, I don't even remember who the tight end was, but he won't open at all. It wasn't even like this difference between forcing the ball to, you know, a Devontae Adams type of player versus a Geronimo Allison type of player. Like, that was – I didn't really see the purpose of that. Um, next thing, number two is – All right, hold um, um, Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really – really torn on this Ture thing personally. I, 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 the, the other thing that is important that you kind of were, were touching on, but, um, looking into the future, we're going to be losing probably a few guys. I, I don't know what's going to happen with, with Lazard. If he blows up and he's a 1500 yard, 10 touchdown guy, he's just going to get a big contract and we've got our number one and everything's all just set and ready to go. And who knows? If that isn't the case, which I think more and more people are starting to think that probably won't be the case, um, you know, maybe he is our number one wide receiver, but he ends up with like 700 yards and Dobbs has 650 or whatever. Um, the the He probably won't get the big contract that he's looking for in Green Bay because, you know, we don't need to pay you that much money. we got a bunch of guys that can do what you could do. We'd like to keep you, I'm sure, but, you know. So if you look at, Maybe Lazard doesn't stick around. Sammy probably doesn't stick around. Cobb probably doesn't stick around. It's not the worst thing in the world to take multiple swings. For example, we probably have something in Dobbs, not sure. Hopefully we have something in Christian Watson. And then who knows about Ture. But between the three, we might have two decent hits. Where If you can get one star, one decent contributor, and maybe one that just didn't quite pan out, I think that's a pretty good... It's a pretty good hit rate. Obviously, everyone's going to freak out if the one misses the guy we drafted the soonest, but it, it all balances out if you hit on a seventh rounder and a fourth rounder. I'm not projecting. I'm, ju- I'm just just talking through some stuff. The point is, you you definitely don't want to lose Ture. The other thing is, I don't really know what the Packers think of, of Ture. I know they like Dobbs. I know they're excited about um, Christian Watson, but I haven't seen anything yet. But I also know they've seen a lot of Ture, and I have not heard really anything about him. And I'm, I just wish I knew, you know what I mean? I, I would, if, if, if I could just see if they think, cause, cause I'm leaning toward, they believe he is a promising developmental seventh round guy, but he's going to need some, he was a seventh rounder for a reason. So there's a lot of stuff that needs to get worked on and all that. So kudos to him for beating the third string cornerback and all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. Maybe someday he'll develop into, and so the, the plan is we're going to stash him and he probably won't get stolen. And if he does, that sucks, but you know, whatever. That's my thought. They're going to put him on the practice squad. He'll get there. But there is that like diehard fan that loves getting super hyped about stuff. That's that's just sitting there going, "What if? What if they're being kind of quiet about some more Ture? Or what if we're just not asking the right questions because of Romeo Dobbs? We keep asking about Dobbs, 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 not really realizing there's another guy that's making some strides. Now he hasn't launched his way up the depth chart the way that Romeo Dobbs has. But it would be nice to know what the Packers think. Is this a guy that you absolutely have to salvage? Or because he's he's a contributor today? I know that's what the fans think. I don't know if that's what Matt LaFleur thinks. But again, I think that question's going to be answered. If, if he gets released, then we know they like him. But he's got some stuff to work on, and they're going to try to stash him. If he does not get released, then we have a, a very good idea. And And... I think the pan the, the fans are going to generally underappreciate that if they end up keeping him. Because I think the fans right now are like, oh, of course you keep him. I don't think of course you keep him. I think you only keep him if he is a day one contributor on this offense that is overcrowded at wide receiver. On top of that, you're probably keeping him over Juwan Winfrey, which is massive. Because we know Rodgers loves Winfrey. We know Winfrey has a good feel for the offense. You know that the trust is there. You know all these different things. 
That is a massive statement by the Green Bay Packers for Samurai Ture in terms of what he is right now and what they believe he can be this year on their path to win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I'm stuck at, I'm torn, and I, I think I'm going to stick by my guns because it's one of those things that uh, you stick with your gut. My gut says he's a seventh-round pick. We've seen seventh-round undrafted guys flash and get stashed and, and all that stuff. It happens. In fact, I'm going to dive into that a little bit more, not tomorrow because that's already recorded, but the next day, I'm kind of looking into some of this stuff as far as, I guess, precedent. We assume that we've never seen a late-round undrafted guy really go off and then either get stashed or get cut or whatever, and I'm, I'm assuming that's not the case. But I will be doing some of my own research on that. Jeez, I just had a heart attack. <laughs> I forgot football games just started, and I looked on Twitter for a second. It says, we are shelter in place. I thought there was a shooting at the Panther Stadium or something. It's just, it's lightning. Oh, uh, what the heck was I talking about? Anyways, well, I, th- I think I've answered that. Let's continue on here. Tripping on how good their tight ends were, the Chiefs. Like, their number four tight end is better than, like, every tight end we got. Right. Of it, uh, you know, the first two. It's kind of crazy. Like, I'm hoping we could pick him up, right? Our tight ends suck, you know. I'm- so funny you're mentioning that's exactly what I was just talking about. What is another position where they're so stacked they end up cutting somebody and so tight end, that makes sense. I'm not talking about the starters, I'm talking about as far as depth. Right. And the safeties, again, not the starters, yeah. but every safety, you know, we got some of our backups is not really playing well. Um, so I'm I'm pretty sure we're gonna bring in the corner for somebody else that got cut, the safety from somebody else that got cut. Outside linebackers, who's my else that got cut, and definitely um, D line. I mean, it's, 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 it was just it wasn't a pretty picture at all. But hopefully, we get the best fifty-three, and you know we go far deep, and hopefully win the Super Bowl. Well, Aaron Rodgers leaves, so all right, go Pack Y'all be good. Yeah, no, that's I, I think that is worth. Let's look at it since you brought it up. Some other positions that would be worth maybe taking a flyer on a guy that ends up getting cut. Not wide receiver. We got plenty of those. We're having a hard time figuring out how to stash the guys that we got. I don't think offensive line because we just have so many. I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with it. If there's a guy out there getting cut that, that our personnel staff is looking at it going, uh, are you serious? That guy's freaking awesome. Then then do it. But just from a need standpoint, um, I don't think tight end would be horrible. Now, we, we've got four guys, no question about it. But um, outside of Tunyon, you got Mercedes, who's maybe got a year left. I like Josiah a lot. He hasn't really done anything. Tyler Davis, obviously I have very little faith in. I shouldn't say that. That's not true. He just hasn't shown anything quite yet. So hopefully the hype ends up turning into something. But there's not much here. And we got guys like uh, Alizé Mack, Sal Canella, Nate Becker. We got a bunch of these developmental guys that are going to end up getting cut. So if if another guy ends up that we can bring in, kind of see what happens, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, Running back, honestly, wouldn't be the worst. Now, understand... If we're talking about signing somebody to our active roster, it makes a difference between, you know, like what we usually do, bringing in guys and trying them out or whatever. But running back, I don't think would be the worst thing in the world. You know, I mean, Dexter is not going to be a thing. I think Patrick Taylor has, I don't, I, I just get the impression he's not exactly what the Packers want. He's, he's like a lot of guys that we've had over the years that serve some kind of a function that you feel like, I don't know why they just keep hanging on, but they do certain things well enough. They understand the offense, they're special teamers, et cetera, et cetera. And so they just kind of hang on until eventually they find someone else that they like better. I don't think defensive tackle is out of the question. Again, I, I think that the depth proved to be somewhat flimsy. Uh, Slayton had one good day. Otherwise he really struggled. Wyatt hasn't really proved anything. And I'm not talking about over them, but you know, I mean, this is a highly rotated position. We've got, I mean, I, to be completely honest, guys that I'm really comfortable with, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, that's kind of it. And Dean Lowry obviously is an elite, and honestly, I don't even have as high of an opinion of Kenny Clark as almost every Packer fan in the world, although I like him. But Jaron Reed, I don't know that he's going to be any good. TJ Slayton, I don't know that he's going to be any good. Devontae Wyatt, I don't know if he's going to be any good. Jack Heflin, I assume, is not going to be very good, but at least he's something. If, if somebody ends up getting cut that can produce... I wouldn't hate it. Edge, obviously. Linebacker is kind of iffy, although this is where the Packers have the potential to poach some special teamers, right? Whereas maybe they're not the greatest linebacker, corner, safety, whatever, but you got some ace special teamers that don't quite make the cut. Oh, man. In fact, that's kind of where my eyes are getting drawn (laughs) probably first. 
especially if they're returners. I mean, I know we got some guys, but I don't think anyone's really proved anything. I mean, the fact that Amari has basically won the job, seemingly, no offense to Amari, but I mean, they gave Dobbs a shot. He didn't do anything with it. He's pretty much off the rotation. Maybe it's just because he's so good as a receiver now, right? But I mean, legitimately, we've, we've heard from Rodgers that he is now held to a higher standard. Maybe they just pulled him and they're like, nah, we're not, we're not playing with that anymore. But still, he didn't work out. Ture had some uh, shots. He didn't work out. Obviously, Hyman's not going to be a thing, but even if he was, he didn't do anything. Tyler Goodson didn't do anything. Uh, none of the running backs really did anything as returners of the, I think Goodson might have been the only one that tried. I'm not sure. I mean, Rico Gafford, none of them did anything. So if there's a returner that maybe isn't going to make it because he, the only thing the guy can do is return. And I, I, I've been vocal about this since day one. I have no issue giving a roster spot to a returner. Zero. That was my stance with Trevor Davis. That was my stance with uh, even Gunners in the past, where it's like, he's a bad wide receiver. Which, this is what I talk about in tomorrow's podcast. Packer fans have this weird thing where they really pretend they care a lot about special teams. But <laughs> if all you are is a special teamer, they hate you. Like when I made the statement that uh, Ty Summers is is the best special teamer among the linebackers and therefore is probably going to win a spot, which may not be the case anymore because things have changed and evolved. And I don't know that to be the case, but let's just say hypothetically it was. How many Packer fans do you think give a, two craps about that? Nobody cares. Nobody. Everybody wants Ty Summers out of here. Garbage linebacker. See ya. But he's a good special. Don't don't care. Don't want him out. Gone forever. As, as I say tomorrow, you got to pick a lane. You're either okay bringing guys along that are not very good on offense and defense just because they're good on special teams, or you're not. Here you go. You want a name? I got a name for you. Cavante Turpin, third string, Dallas Cowboys wide receiver. Third string. He's, he's basically Samori Ture, right? Same situation. Are they going to end up keeping him? They probably are going to have to because of his return ability, but check this out. Highest return grade overall. He is a kick and punt returner, which if you're going to dedicate a spot to a returner, he probably needs to be both because you don't want to dedicate two spots. And b- b- dedicate, obviously, we're going to call him a wide receiver, but he's not going to do that. Three kickoff returns, 145 yards, 48.3-yard average in a touchdown. Punt returns, 85.5 overall grade. Two returns, 96 yards, averaging 48 yards per return and a touchdown. The guy returned five kicks, three kick, three kick returns, two punt returns, five total kick returns, five total returns, two touchdowns. That's crazy. And again, kick and punt returner. If this dude somehow doesn't make the roster, I don't care. I don't care if this guy drops 99% of the passes thrown to him. I don't care. He is officially a Green Bay Packers wide receiver. Why? Because he's our kick returner. Cavante Turpin. Crazy thing is, he did that last week in one game. He had a 98-yard kick return and an 86-yard punt return. He had, the dude had two returns, one kick return and one punt return. He returned them both for touchdown. I'm sure everybody else in the world knew this except me. This had to have been all over like SportsCenter or something, because that's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my entire life. He might suck, and he just got really lucky. I have no idea, but that is, that, my friends, is crazy. Five foot nine, 155 pounds is the reason he was an undrafted free agent, and again, I don't care. Anyways, there's like a 0.1% chance that guy uh, doesn't make the 53-man roster, because sometimes teams care about that stuff. I'm just hoping and praying that Dallas Cowboys do something so stupid and are just like, meh, not good enough. Anyways, there are other options. Zonovan Knight, running back for the Jets, currently at a 30-yard kickoff average. Uh, Dallas, or Detroit Lions' Maurice Alexander, 35-yard kickoff uh, kick return average, 90 point. He actually has the highest kick return grade. Chris Evans in Cincinnati, uh, Montreal, Washington, Jonathan Ward, blah, 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 blah. Amari Rogers is actually has the uh, eighth highest return grade, tied for sixth highest kick return grade. So there's that, which means all of this is probably a moot point. They're going to be like, yeah, he's good enough, and then we just move on with our lives. By the way, highest punt return grade is Valus Jones. So there you go. There you go, Bears fans. Tip of the hat to you. Congratulations. He is what we thought he was. He's a punt returner. Anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. We got a few calls that we left behind. We'll get to those tomorrow. It was a little bit more ranty on these calls today. But um, Mike 
Andy, Andy, Garrett, Garrett, Garrett. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Make sure you get your calls in 608-501-0718. Have a good one. Bye-bye.